Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the 11th episode of the Work From Home Nomad podcast. I'm your host, Wilson, where I ask people from all over the world the same questions and the resulting stories are always different, interesting, and exhilarating. These Work From Home Nomads have the ability to work from anywhere with good internet and travel the world at the same time. And today I have the privilege of interviewing the one and only Alex. Alex, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm wonderful. How about you, man? <laughs> Can't complain. Just living the dream. So where are you right now? I'm in Floripa, Brazil. Okay. Florianopolis, Santa Cantarina, Brazil. And how'd you end up there? Um, I took an airplane. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What I thought you swam there. Uh, you know, I thought about walking, but it was a little challenging. So. <laughs> I love it. All right. So uh, to uh, give a little bit of background on Alex, um, he is born and raised in Austin, uh, Texas, as well as San Antonio. He was raised in San Antonio. Uh, he went to the University of Texas at Austin, studied electrical engineering. Uh, so pretty smart guy. You're uh and then he taught English in Mexico right after college. So Alex, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, for sure. So I did this program called the Fulbright program where you go and teach English in different countries. I chose Mexico. Um, yeah, it was awesome. I worked in a university. I was, what, 22 years old teaching like 18, 19 year olds. So. You know, I tried not to tell them that I was so young, um, but it was fun. They were pretty much my friends. Like I, I was a teacher's assistant, so I wasn't really like a teacher teacher. So I didn't need to like command as much respect, uh, but it was very casual, very conversational. Um, it was fun to be immersed in like a Mexican environment where everyone was Mexican. I was forced to speak Spanish. I, I immersed myself in the culture. Um, also, I just didn't want to work like a corporate job. I wasn't quite sure where I was going like career-wise. So this opportunity presented itself and uh, I went for it. Cool, very cool. So you taught English in Mexico because you weren't feeling the corporate lifestyle. Um, how did you end up to where you are today uh, in sales? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I really didn't want to go into engineering. I just never liked it, even though I, you know, made it through the, the terrible four years of electrical <laughs> engineering, terribly hard. Um, and then while I was in Mexico, I started learning about, like before Mexico, I already knew about like digital nomads and stuff like that. So it was already on my mind. And while I was in Mexico, I tried to start my own online business. Um, I worked on that for like almost a year. Um, so it was difficult, very hard. I didn't really make it anywhere. Um, I never made a profit. So uh, yeah, I quit that. And then I came back to Austin where I worked for a big corporation for a while. Uh, I, I was in a tech sales role. So kind of like half and half like technology and half like sales and marketing and stuff. But I always, I was gravitating more towards sales and marketing just because um, it fits my skill set, my personality better. I'm not really like a hardcore techie engineer guy. Like I just don't care about that stuff. Um, and then 
also like there's a lot more possibilities for remote work um, doing that. Um, had several friends who are already doing it. So I was like, this is the direction that I think I should go in. So I started learning. Well, because of business, I started had had to teach myself a bunch of skills. I took a bunch of courses and then um, from that, I basically started applying to a bunch of marketing jobs. And then one company, my current company, they didn't want me for marketing. They wanted me for sales, which I also am pretty good at sales. And so I just took them up because they're remote and I like the role and I love sales. So, yep. Good for you, man. Uh, so can I ask, how did you find that company? Did you, it was a word of mouth. Did you go on the search engine? Uh, LinkedIn. Okay. Very cool. Nice. And so whenever you're in Mexico, was that, would you say that's whenever you decided, oh man, I want to travel um, and work at the same time? Uh, it's not when I decided that. No, I <coughs> decided that my senior year of college, when I found out about digital nomads, the first channel I ever watched was um, Chris, the freelancer. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of him? I have not. No. It's pretty big. He's got a big channel. Um, so I started binge watching his videos. I was like, this is crazy. I wanted to start traveling immediately after college, but obviously I didn't have like the skills or the income source or whatever. So Mexico was like a good bridge because I was getting paid to do that. I wasn't getting paid extremely well or anything, but you know, it bought me time. It was awesome experience. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I knew like my senior year of college. Okay, very cool. Um, and what do you think, what piqued your interest in doing the digital nomad lifestyle? And I just, I always loved traveling. I traveled with my family a lot when I was younger. I was very fortunate in that regard. My parents took me mm -hmm. and my sister to all sorts of places. And then I started traveling in college alone. I studied abroad three times, which is, you know, more than anybody that I know. Um, I loved it, man. I just love everything about learning new cultures, languages, meeting people. And pretty recently, I've pretty much decided slash realized that like, it's like pretty much my purpose in life. You know, they say like, <laughs> like every person has a, a purpose or a reason for being on this earth and things like, you know, deep shit like that. Um, <laughs> Like for a while I was thinking like, oh, what, you know, what greater impact do I want to have in this world? And maybe I will someday realize something along those lines. But for now, I'm literally like there's the purpose of my existence is to travel the whole world and to, I don't know, meet people, learn cultures, spread joy, like learn from people. Like that's that's the only thing that matters to me. Dude, that is deep shit. I love it, man. Um, and I have to ask now that we're on. Uh, that topic of cultures, uh, whenever you're in Mexico, uh, you're obviously, you know, for the the listeners on Spotify and Apple Music, you're not going to know, you're not going to see it, but Alex is Asian. Um, <laughs> Asian sensation, wow. as I should say, <laughs> and quite a charming guy. But um, how would you, how are you received in Mexico? Because, you know, whenever I was in Mexico, uh, you know, I, I clearly stood out. So I'm just curious <laughs> how, how your experience was in Mexico in that regard. 
Yeah, same. I stood out like a sore thumb, like it's crazy. <laughs> like, I don't know if I just got used to it after a while and people, like the first week I went there, I lived in a city called Aguascalientes, which is, you know, a very just like, it's just a normal, like it's like Houston, you know, it's not Rio de Janeiro, it's not fucking, sorry, uh, <laughs> it's not New York. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so it's just all Mexicans, you know, and there's no Asians. Um, so I went to Walmart and like, I literally thought like everyone was staring at me. And I don't know if they were actually staring at me or if I just like was creating this in my own mind, but, or maybe after a while, I just stopped paying attention to it. Um, but yeah, like the first day at school, like, you know, my teacher boss guy like showed me around and we we're walking through the hallways and like literally every head turned and just like stared at me like like I was like a zoo animal I was like like, oh this is very intense like please stop looking at me so funny I wrote it on my blog uh wfhnomad.com slash gdl but there was an entire section on that blog post about my experience in Guadalajara where uh you know how was my experience being Asian American because you know quite frankly and uh, in America, I'm just another Asian American who can do math. You know, it's like, oh, interesting. Like nobody cares. In Mexico, I was just, just you know, whatever you called it just now, but it's just like exotic, a exotic creature, right? It's like everyone's fascinated by you. And then if exactly. you speak any any Spanish, they're like, oh my god, like I can communicate with this this thing. Where are you from? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, exactly. No, you hit the you hit the name hammer on the nail. Um, no, I was just curious um, because I know I realized I noticed you taught English in Mexico after college, and I was like, hmm. I had a certain Mexican experience. I wonder how it was for Alex. Why did you choose Guadalajara? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, no, it's a good <laughs> question. Um, so Guadalajara was the second largest is the second largest city in Mexico. Nobody ever talks about it. Um, and awesome. yeah, and uh, everything was really cheap. Um, and I needed to go back to the US occasionally, um, whether it was for work or whether it was <clears throat> to see family. Um, so the airports, the flights back to the US were really frequent. So that was a huge consideration. Um, yeah, shout out to Guadalajara. Like it's just a beautiful city with beautiful people. Um, I you can't. I can't say enough good things totally. about it. Totally. Have you been there? Really awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, nice. Aguascalientes is like one state over. Um, right. Guadalajara is beautiful. I think mm-hmm. Jalisco has the hottest girls in Mexico. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Tlaquepaque, that mm-hmm. little place is super yeah. charming. As like, I, I took my dad there. I took my dad to Guadalajara, to uh, Guanajuato, and to somewhere else. Um, what's that really charming little city that's famous it's guanajuato man <laughs> not another one guanajuato. so guanajuato is the charming messy city and then Got there's it. like the charming square city you know what i'm talking about oh man ah, so san miguel oh uh, okay i didn't go there but yeah oh, dude, it's um, so cool man yeah so let's talk a little bit about brazil um you know it's it's kind of hard to imagine it i think before I went to ever went to Mexico, Brazil, 
I, I couldn't tell you the differences between Mexico and Brazil. I just categorized <laughs> in the same category because they're both Latin American countries, right? But now that you've been in Mexico, now that you've been in Brazil, you know, you're in Brazil right now. How would you compare and contrast the two countries? It's a question so that one, I've gotten recently too. <laughs> there's one glaring difference, which you and I may obviously know, but maybe nobody else knows, um, which is food, which is that Mexican food is amazing. It's ranked top five cuisines in the world in Brazil, you know, maybe bottom five, like <laughs> I'll just, I'll just put that out there. But most people, I think from the U S think that all Latin American food is like Mexican food because we're closest to Mexico. We have tacos, we have quesadillas, we have enchiladas, we have everything that Mexico has to offer. And like pretty much no other South American country has anything remotely close to the flavors, the variety, the, the everything. Like it's insanely boring in contrast. Yeah. Um, so that's one big difference. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think as far as like people goes like friendly and warm and very touchy and affectionate, I think that's, it's quite similar. Um, the Latin American warmth is a real thing. It's, I love it. Mm -hmm. And people love dancing, partying, drinking, like they're very good at that. Um, (laughs) I, I think Brazil has more diversity and mixture, um, as far as like, you know, just mixed race people everyone's mixed there's like not a single person who's like not mixed um i think that's really cool about brazil in fact brazil is probably probably the most mixed country in the world that i've seen and probably honestly that there is i think um and yeah yeah, i mean other than that i i love brazil's nature but i think mexico has incredible nature too um, I think Mexico is incredibly underrated because people don't think that it's that exotic because it's like close to the U.S. But it's it's another world. It's not even close to the same as the U.S. Yeah, uh, Brazil's awesome in its other ways, um, and it has its own traditions like Carnival and whatever that I haven't even been to. Mm-hmm. But I think both are awesome. Yeah, and like I, I think that back to the diversity thing and how everybody is mixed in Brazil probably explains why they're everybody's so good looking. But uh, whenever I was in Brazil, people literally thought I was Brazilian. Um, yeah. And like you could easily be Brazilian, I could easily be Brazilian. As soon as I start opening my mouth and speaking uh-huh. my gringo, <laughs> gringo ass Portuguese, that's when things go south. They're like, yeah, never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, shifting gears a little bit, let's talk about travel and work. Um, how, where was your first uh, work from home nomad, digital nomad experience? Was it in Brazil? Yeah, this is my first. And so, you know. Actually today, <laughs> today is my four month anniversary of being in Brazil, like exactly today. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> so. I mean, would you say that your proudest accomplishment was to go down to Brazil? And did you know anybody whenever you went down to Floripa? Nobody. Okay. Uh, You know, what was going through your mind as you're like, hey, I'm going to Brazil and you stepped on that plane and you got to Brazil? Um, (laughs) You know, like, 
who in their right mind would do what you did, basically? Uh, not a lot of people, that's for sure. <laughs> zero, zero of my friends back home would even consider this. Not that, not that it's not that I'm saying that I'm like better than anybody. I don't, I don't think this lifestyle is for everybody. It's like unless you have a burning desire and passion for this, you're not going to do what it takes to do this because it's not easy. Um, Right. But it's not like this is everyone's passion. It's mine. It's like my existence. So of course I'm going to do anything and everything that it takes. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I prepared a long time for this. I, I, I was looking for a remote job. I learned Portuguese. I waited out over six months of the pandemic, you know, delaying my trip. You know, I came here in the middle of a pandemic, which you know, some could say is extremely risky as well. I mean, but... What was going through my mind? I was I was just excited, man. I wasn't I wasn't scared. Uh, <laughs> I, I ain't scared. I no, not at all. Like, like I love it. The same amateur. Hour. And plus, it's just it's just an attitude. Plus, it's just like fear is just fear. It's like you know, it's just you you can you can let it control you or you can control it. You know, like I just I knew I, I speak Portuguese, I'll be fine. I've lived in other countries before. Like, I'm like, I'll totally just be fine. Like anything that comes my way, like whatever, I'll figure it. It, it was my first time moving to a new country completely alone. Like every single other time I've had some kind of cohort or I had some other uh, students that I went with on the trip or, or whatever, right? Some sort of support system. In Brazil, I was 100% on my own. And that was a little bit intimidating. But it's just one of those things where like I just knew that it would work out like my policy the first two weeks was talk to everybody um I literally made friends on on the airplane I made friends at the airport I made friends like the first day that I got here yeah. the first weekend I got invited by this group to like go to the beach together and like I made like 12 friends instantly like it wasn't hard like but I literally opened my mouth to like anybody who was like sitting next to me yeah Dude, good for you, man. That's awesome. Um, and I guess two points to that. Uh, one, you know, you said Brazil was the first time you actually went like to a country by yourself. Um, and I actually couldn't reiterate that point more because uh, I did a solo trip in Africa a, f- a few years ago. And, you know, people thought I was crazy. People were like scared for me. Uh, but quite honestly, after I did a solo trip around Asia a little bit from Taiwan, where I had family, you know, I went to Hong Kong, you know, baby steps. Um, I went to South Korea to visit a friend, baby steps. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did some solo traveling in the U S and then I did a full blown, uh, I think it was like two months solo trip in Europe by myself. Nice. And after that, I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready for like the next challenge. I'm ready to go to <laughs> something completely different. And that was Africa. Uh, so oh, I think, you know, like with, with you, with your story, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. It's baby steps. You take baby steps and then you ended up going to Brazil by yourself and you push yourself um, outside your own comfort zone. You're like, you know what? I'm going to talk to everybody. I'm going to talk to the people uh-huh. on the plane. I'm going to talk to this guy i'm going to talk to this beautiful girl because i have balls i'm going to make friends on the beach that's what you did <laughs> <laughs> that's not incorrect 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, cool, man. Um, and so you're working in sales right now. Um, you know, how do you, whenever you're by the beach in beautiful Florianopolis, how do you stay focused and disciplined to make sure that your work does get done? Um, well, I don't live by the beach. I live in Lagoa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not like five steps away from Moli Beach like you were. So that helps <laughs> a little bit. And I live by myself. I don't live in Salina with like a bunch of other people who are like 2 p.m. Let's go to the beach. Right. Right. So right. like my environment's set up pretty well to where I have control over, you know, what I do with my time and I, and I kind of made it so I didn't want to live in like a co-living place because I knew that I needed my privacy I knew that I needed a place to get work done to take calls uh like you know and my professional life is important to me because it's like this the only thing that's supporting me being here it's like without my company what would I be doing like I right. wouldn't be here so mm -hmm. at the end of the day my work still comes first like I have to get that done you know then I get to enjoy the rest of what all this allows me to do but I don't think it's been extremely hard to stay focused because there's more than enough time like I have my evenings off I um go out on the weekends or whatever there's more than enough time to do all the fun stuff that I want to do very cool and so I mean you kind of already alluded to this but you know you know talking to people to the person next to you on the airplane talking to people at the beach blah 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 you know how how do you make friends? Like, you know, it's, it's so hard for people to, to really think about. And especially for me in the beginning, when I was starting out this lifestyle, you know, what are, I mean, what are the things that you do to just make friends uh, when you're solo traveling like that? Yeah, it's, it's kind of scary. I, I would say, but I think I've gotten it down pretty much like, like, it's like a sort of technical breakdown, if you will, or whatever, but there's also just like an inner belief system that like, like I'm a friendly guy. Like I talk to people, people like talking to me, uh, like making friends is easy. Like if you believe that making friends is hard, then making friends is going to be hard. Um, but if you believe that it's going to be easy, then you'll find a way to like make it happen. Um, but like, yeah, when I came here, I had like a list of like five things I was going to try to do. I was like, okay, like the digital nomads, Florianopolis Facebook group, right? Like nice. um, just, just straight up talking to people like, anywhere on the street at restaurants like at the airport like that was one of my you know tactics so to say uh i forgot what my other ones were but like or join like hobby groups right like if i join an activity like dancing or sports or something um i, I don't know this it, it was it was a little bit challenging because i, I wasn't really sure what i was going to do mm -hmm. but i just found it to be easy because like you know, I like talking to people and I just, I talk to everybody and Brazilians are so friendly. Yeah. Like, like literally, you know, like I would just start talking and they, they would end up doing most of the talking. Like I would say hi, and then they would carry the rest of the conversation. I'd be like, wow, this is nice. Great. <laughs> and, then they'll, and then they invite me to places and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, all I have to do is like open my mouth and all of a sudden I'm being invited to the beach or to go get food with their friends or whatever and I'm like this is amazing and then my main friends right now are like digital nomads because at the end of the day like you have the most in common with digital nomads um yeah definitely so it's easy to bond it's easy to connect I and I also have a lot of Brazilian friends but funny enough 
they're Brazilian digital nomads, which I think, you know, you can relate to that as well. But like mm. anybody who lives this lifestyle is going to gravitate towards each other slash similar places like Selena. Mm. Um, and, and I speak Portuguese, which makes it a lot easier for me to connect with um, most, I mean, with Brazilians in general. Mm -hmm. um, so that helps a lot, but I forgot what the question was. <laughs> How do you make friends? <laughs> How do you make that was, friends? That was the original yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Just, just don't be scared of it. And uh, also, you know, be social. Don't stay at home. Talk mm -hmm. to people. Yeah. No, I love that. And uh, I couldn't agree with you more about the Brazilians um, with the welcoming culture. Um, they they just love foreigners in general. Um, it's like a sort of welcome that I've, I don't think I've ever seen in another place in this world, or at least um, you know, they're definitely up there in terms of giving that welcome to foreigners. And it's, it's so heartwarming. It's so genuine. Uh, and they're just great people. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, uh, so what do you pack when you travel? Uh, I pack a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of uh, a really open-ended question. <laughs> I'm not a minimalist traveler at all. Like, there are some nomads where, like, I pack everything, only things that I need and, like, less. I'm like, I pack everything that I need and more. <laughs> like but here's the thing like i don't move a lot i just chillax in one place for like a couple of months so it doesn't matter to me like i just bring everything that i need and that i might need and more and uh because i live here i don't you know i'm not a backpacker yeah i actually really like that you brought that point up because um you're a very slow traveler and contrasting with me, I, I think I'm a little bit of a mix. Like I can do both. I can do like one week at a time for each city. Um, but actually I was in Florianapolis for three months as well. So, um, you know, I, I, I kind of like to do the mix and match. Um, sometimes I want to migrate a little bit more, like especially in uh, Nordeste in the Northeast of Brazil. I think that's a pretty good place to like do some nomading like true nomading one place one week um but uh but you seem like the kind of person who who likes to just stay in one place maybe take weekend trips maybe take one or two weeks at a time and i think you did that with salvador and mojo to sao paulo is that right yeah i was there for a week nice and uh have you met other people who you know do the one place per week uh, lifestyle versus uh, slower travel uh, you know how would you I guess evaluate their their lifestyles as well in that regard I mean I think to each their own man um, I've met people who do like backpacking like you know three months in Europe like you know three days in each place like 30 countries or whatever it's like you know sure but like my thing is that a it's way too crazy. It's way too hectic. I'm just stressed when I do that. Um, also, I don't get to know each place deeply, which is very important to me. Mm -hmm. Like, like I'd rather go to 20 countries in my lifetime and know those countries extremely deeply than to go to 100 countries and 
just scratch the surface. Like I agree hands, more. Hands, hands down. Mm -hmm. um, same thing as in a in a country in Brazil. I'd rather visit five cities, and you know, get to know places and make friends and get to know the culture deeply, rather than you know, go the whole entire country, but I only stayed one week in every place. Um, like I know when I travel, what's important to me. Like making friends is extremely important to me. Um, like friends and relationships, um, getting to know the culture deeply, getting to know the language and feeling settled in, like all those things are like extremely important to me. I like having a sense of regularity. I like having a routine and I have other goals. Like I'm not just traveling. Like I have like my workout goals. I have my other goals in life that continue regardless of if I'm on the move or not. And those things require consistency. Those things require mm -hmm. pattern, discipline, you know, day in, day out, I'm clocking in all those things that I'm working on. So it's like, I can't be in a different environment every week because that messes up everything that I'm trying to accomplish. So I think that's just for me because I've done this enough in different, I've done short travels, I've done long travels, I've done backpacking. I've I figured out what pattern works well for me mm -hmm. and makes me happy. So that's what I do. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So uh, you work out. How often do you work out? I've noticed that on your Instagram. Five days a week. Five days a week. Right on. Healthy lifestyle too. Do you cook? Yes. Well, you cook. I cook half my meals and I eat at this cafeteria. Okay. Nice. Very cool. All right. Awesome. Uh, well, you know. Actually, I... I I'm curious. I wanted to ask you this. Go ahead. Um, when you're in Nordeschi, how were you moving around like every week? And like, were you working during the day? And like, when did you move between cities? Like, it just sounds, it just seems really stressful to me. Like, I don't know how you did that. It was, I was so tired at the end. <laughs> like I, I literally spent like a week in Sao Paulo and just chilled out. Like I, I didn't talk to anybody. I just like completely unplugged. Uh -huh. Um, and, uh, it, it was necessary because I was very tired and I just needed to recharge. Um, I've had the chance to recharge here at home. Um, yeah. well, I went to the wedding last weekend, but like before that I wasn't home in Oklahoma for two weeks and it was nice to recharge, but anyways, yeah. So when I was in Nordeschi, um, I traveled, you know, I went to, uh, what was it? Um, Hisifi, Recife, uh, for one week. Porto de Galinhas. I know I botched that pronunciation. I went there for a weekend um, and then I migrated it over to Joa Pessoa and then I migrated over to Pipa. And each of those places were about like one week or two weeks. Um, and then I flew back down south to, um, oh my God, Parsi. Parsi. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing with doing that while delivering at work is that you can't you got to be careful with weekday traveling and i avoided that at all costs um so i only moved migrated on saturdays so then on sunday i have like the full day to like you know reset get my desk situated mm -hmm. etc um and then maybe explore the city a little bit and then i'm back to the grind on monday um and then, yeah, go to the grocery store on Sunday, make sure like you get like breakfast or whatnot. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, it's doable. But then like, what did you, like if you work during the day, like when did you have time to, you know, go see stuff? 
only in yeah. the evening? Yeah, in the evening um, or weekends. So in PIPA, that was the case. I went, I went out on the weekend uh, evenings and the weekends, and that was it. Um, so for PIPA, I know I remember I was there for two weeks, and it was difficult to um, to really explore. I think I only ended up checking out two of the main beaches, Praia do Amor and uh, the Dolphins one, Golfinhos. Uh, and there were like two other like really famous ones that I just completely missed out on because I just didn't have enough time. So that's definitely um, a, a rushed approach and certainly a disadvantage to that rushed approach. Um, the advantage is you get to see more places, but um, definitely like, you know, things to consider. And I'm really glad you asked that because, um, you know, people have their different styles, right? And it's kind of cool to see um, what they prefer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even hearing that makes me feel stressed. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, I don't do that for a reason. Not that I would, like, I would love to go to Pipa and Party and all these places that I probably won't get around to. Um, not to say in the future I wouldn't, you know, find some way to do that kind of thing. But uh, with the nine to five setup, it's, you know, I guess for the listeners out there, there are certain restrictions, even if you are remote. Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, I think in the past, like I have blocked my calendar, you know, from 3pm to 5pm, just so that I can make a flight or just so that I can take a bus or something. But those get really stressful, because what if there comes mm -hmm. a deliverable, where it unexpectedly becomes yeah. really urgent for work, then you kind of have to drop your personal uh, plans there. Um, so you really have to watch out for that and manage uh, your time and and just manage the situation well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right, Alex. Well, uh, we're just about at the 30 minute mark. I do have one more question um, and maybe give you a chance to do one closing statement. Um, <laughs> but my question is, you know, for those who maybe are on the fence about this lifestyle um, and just haven't started. With the future of work from home being so prevalent, um, you know, there's going, there are going to be more opportunities to do this. So what advice do you have for, for those who, you know, are interested in doing what you do, killing it in Florianopolis uh, on how to get started? Mm. So is this for somebody who wants to be a nomad, but isn't sure how to? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I think you need to learn skills. You have to have skills that allow you to make money in a way that's remote. Um, that's all it comes down to, because how are you going to, unless you have like savings, and you just quit your job and go travel, that's one way to do it. I know people who do that. I prefer not to do that because, you know, I want to have an income. Yeah. And traveling with money is a lot nicer than traveling without money. Agreed. Um, so yeah. you need skills and you need skills that are employable slash self-employed that lend themselves to being remote. So like if you're a nurse, 
like, I'm sorry, but it's just not going to work out. <laughs> for a lawyer, like, I'm sorry, but no. If you're, if you were, there are lawyers. It, I've, I've met a couple lawyers actually. Well, not to say that it's impossible, right? Say you own your own law firm or you have a few clients that you work with and you're kind of downscaled. Like for any profession, sure, there's probably a way to make it work. But in my opinion, there's a few professions that are the best for this because there's the most opportunity and that would be marketing, sales, and software. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Because other jobs lend, these are jobs that lend themselves to being worked online and without being in person with a team, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just the nature of the work. So if you want to find a job or employ yourself in one of these areas, you're going to have an easier time going remote than if, you know, whatever your skills are in some other area that are not easily remotely employed. Agreed, agreed. Um, Thanks for sharing that insight, Alex. I mean, do you have, I'll give you maybe a last closing statement. Is there anything you want to say on this podcast before we close for today? Um, (laughs) Yeah, sure. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I think that anybody can do it. It's not outside of anybody's abilities. If you have the dream, then go for it. This was my dream for like four years, maybe three years before I fully realized it, like, you know, from the point of when I wanted to do it to finally when I actually had it, uh, it was a long, long journey. And I failed many times along the way to try to make this happen, but I never stopped. And like, whatever, I, I did a lot of ballsy things to make it happen. And you have to, because this is not a lifestyle that's easy that's easy to get it's not a thing that everybody can just have you have to work for it but you know anybody can make it happen if you try hard enough you heard it firsthand it was his dream and he did it thank you so much alex for being on the podcast today uh, if you want to follow alex on his journeys in brazil currently who knows about the future but currently in brazil and florianopolis uh, you can follow him on Instagram. His handle is Alex Travel Dude. No space, no BS. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I'll talk to you later, buddy. All right. Thanks, Wilson. All right. Bye.